Welcome to the First Love Podcast from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Choose Your Own Adventure. Enjoy Stephanie Salterman singing How Great Thou Art after the sermon is completed. Our gospel lesson comes to us from Luke chapter 13. Let us listen to the Word of God. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands upon her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Sarah, Satan, had bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When we lived with Siobhan's 93-year-old grandmother for six months, every once in a while, her grandmother would casually say, somebody moved the remote. She was subtly trying to tell us that one of us had moved it because it couldn't possibly be her. Somebody came up so often that it eventually became an inside joke. Never would we say somebody in front of a grandmother. Uh, but for Shivanami, it was a great way, and it's been a great way, to blame the other person for moving or messing our stuff. The reason I bring this up is because in our scripture reading, while Jesus is worshiping in the synagogue, somebody touches a woman, and she's healed. In fact, it causes such a commotion during worship that it disturbs the rabbi and everyone around from worshiping. So the rabbi, the synagogue leader, recognizes that he's just been upstaged by Jesus, and he attempts to gain the congregation's attention by remarking, somebody healed on the Sabbath, didn't they? Now, I nearly skipped preaching this text. Jeremiah is a little simpler, uh, because while it seems simple on the surface, Jesus actually pushes us beyond the walls of our beliefs and our faith. So if you're siding with Jesus today, be warned, for your faith will be challenged. Rules. Scripture gives us rules, like following the Sabbath, right? I don't know about you, but I'm not very worried about all the rules, like eating pork or shrimp. I know most of us attempt to follow the Ten Commandments, but Jesus tells us that even if we hate somebody, it's equivalent to murder or killing. 
If we look at someone with lust, it's as though if we commit adultery. Now, we aren't supposed to compare, but with social media, it nearly makes it impossible. We are supposed to forgive others, but that one's hard. We're instructed to give God 10% of our income, a tithe, but most of us don't. We're not supposed to judge others, but we do. Now, oftentimes, we make Scripture like a choose-your-own-adventure book. We decide what works and what doesn't. We make it conform to our beliefs, our wants, our needs. We decide this thing is bad and that thing is good. Think about it. We choose to follow certain biblical laws. We disregard others. We pick our own truth from the Bible. And the world has taught us that we can do this. So we do. Similarly, we we pick the church and the beliefs that align with our views, and if anyone disagrees with us, we either leave or sometimes we prepare for battle. In our history, Christians have used Scripture to promote anti-Semitism. The Crusades and slavery were all defended by Scripture. Christian Democrats and Christian Republicans each have their go-to verses. When it comes to marriage and divorce or abortion or really any controversial subject, it seems we mount up support, we find Scripture to prove our beliefs. Some can even argue anyone, anywhere, on anything. But when we do this, we begin to sound more like the leader of the synagogue. Scripture then becomes a weapon. I don't know about you, but lately in my Christian walk, I've grown tired of arguing. I've discovered it rarely works. It means somebody wins while the other loses. Mostly I've discovered that all it does is make people defensive or argumentative. Makes folks less prone to forgive, less apt to help others, less willing to do God's work. At times, we spend so much capital and hot air on controversial issues than we do actually following Jesus. When Jesus saw this woman in the synagogue, she was bent over, and he simply reaches out his hand, and he touches her. Synagogue leader during worship attempts to gain control, reminding everyone, somebody healed on the Sabbath. Somebody was Jesus. It is in this very act we discover that God cannot be controlled, that God can't be manipulated, and God is tired of our power games. God's Holy Scripture isn't meant to be a choose-your-own-adventure book. We can't make it bend to our wants and needs. I was a great manipulator, says author and theologian Tony Campolo, especially as a pastor. I was this great manipulator. 
But I've learned we have to stop playing power games in our church, in our families, in our lives. Tony Campolo goes on to say that religious people think they can play power games, that the church has somehow become a safe place for the self-righteous. And it ends up pushing away the outsiders. We might do this because we're afraid of the church getting out of control. I mean, what would happen if this place was filled with outsiders? People so very different from us. That's kind of scary for well-established good Presbyterians like myself, and I bet I'm not alone. The truth is our world continues to need that tender touch, the spirit that Jesus places on this bent woman. Drugs and alcohol have become such a stranglehold on folks. Even with prisons full, violence and crime seems at a steady pace. Despite our technology and advances, we still have much work to do in tackling hunger, homelessness, abuse, global warming. The list goes on. DCFS and parole officers, counselors and psychologists continue to take on more and more caseloads. Somehow we must listen to what Jesus says. It applies to us, to our church today. The words he said so long ago about getting to God's kingdom work is so very far from over. Now, I have to admit, it's been fascinating hearing our mission committee wrestling. They, they've, uh, lately, they've tired of just giving handouts, and they're wondering if quick fixes and simple solutions work very well. How can we actually help people, they're asking. Now, if you look at all the problems our society faces, all the struggles, then it would be easy to ignore this question because it's impossible, Right? certainly much easier to turn a blind eye. It's much easier acting self-righteous. But we can't. For even on the Sabbath, we must be compelled to reach out our hand. For there is so much need in our world. Jesus says to hate your own sin and then love the person no matter what. Love requires giving up power and making ourselves vulnerable. A mother gains great authority because of her great sacrifice. So if we want to be more like Jesus, then we have to stop playing power games. We have to welcome everyone, loving the oppressed as well as the oppressors. And Jesus disrupts the self-righteous, which, he mean, which means he disrupts the religious manipulators, and our call is to frustrate the same people that Jesus did and to love the people he welcomed. We have no business debating which sins are worse than the others. 
We have no business pushing others away. But the truth is, none of us are worth, worthy of mercy. And yet today we see that Christ reaches his hand out to us too. At the end of the day, the truth of Jesus challenges each and every one of us. What he does here on the Sabbath is radical grace. It's not cheap. It's radical love. It's not fake. Radical hope. Not false hope. Radical generosity. Not the leftovers. Radical outside the box. Change all our expectations. That's the God we serve. We serve a God who challenges the norms. Which means that we must get out of the way. Letting go of our ego. We must become partners with one another. We need to risk. We need to be willing to look like fools and stop those power games. And it must, we must recognize that we're not always right. That we don't need to win every argument. Somebody healed. Somebody gave mercy. Somebody loved. Praise be to God that somebody was Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
and take me home What joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee How great Thou art Thank you for listening to the First Love Podcast. For more information about the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, visit our webpage at www.firstpresjax.org. That's www.firstpresjax.org. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. The church phone is 217-245-4189. Street address is 870 West College. Children and adult Sunday school services are every Sunday from 9 to 9.45 a.m. Sunday church service starts at 10 a.m. We invite you to visit us whenever you're in the neighborhood.